Hey everyone, welcome to Zappagram, the mother of all music podcasts, where every week we cover the latest in music news, reviews, interviews, releases, discovery, history, and more. I'm your host, Chris Zappa, and as always, the world of music is a busy place, so without further ado, ground control to listener, take your protein pills, put your helmet on, this podcast ain't gonna listen to itself... Everybody, welcome back to Zappagram, the mother of all music podcasts and newsletters. This is episode number 70. I am your host, Chris Zappa. Thank you for joining me back here for another week of music news, where I bring you all the music news you can use. Um, so you don't have the blues, because that'd be a real snooze. Anyway, um, the title of this week's episode number 70 is uh, Get Well Soon, Boss. And uh, that's because Bruce Springsteen has postponed his upcoming concerts in Philadelphia. He had two nights. He was playing there August 16th and 18th at Citizens Bank Park uh, in Philly. And he's taken ill. The boss is sick. The boss has gotten sick, and so he's had to cancel his shows. Now, anytime anybody gets sick nowadays, I just assume automatically they got COVID. You know, it could be anything. He could could have a cold. Um, It could be the flu. Uh, We don't really know. They don't make statements about that half the time. Sometimes artists will be like, you know, someone in our crew has COVID and out of uh, out of precaution, we're going to cancel the show. But Bruce didn't Bruce didn't say Uh, Bruce's camp is tight lipped about that. Mum is the word. So we just hope it's not COVID. And uh, but anyway, we wish him a speedy recovery and hope that he gets well really, really soon. They uh, they just launched their latest North American tour in Chicago last week with their next scheduled performance to be August 24th at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Mass. Uh, so anyway, we hope Bruce is well enough for those shows that he gets uh, uh, back to uh, back to speed. And uh, he's always the boss, whether he's whether he's down with the sickness or not. Hey, speaking of down with the sickness, this has nothing to do with anything, actually. Um, I saw a thing the other day. There was a live video clip on TikTok of someone that was going through and saying, like, uh, here, here's what uh, average concert ticket prices are for uh, all of these different shows that are going on right now. All these different bands that are on tour. Mostly this was about, uh, like, legacy acts, older bands that are still touring. And uh, one of them was Air Supply. Did you know that Air Supply is still touring? I didn't either. Uh, but anyway, I was saying that the average ticket price to go see Air Supply is 102 bucks. Now, that's not the interesting thing about this. The interesting thing about this was that they also put a video clip of a recent Air Supply concert on uh, on there. And, and the, the most surprising thing to me about it was the dude, the lead singer, I should have looked this up probably, I don't know his name, for Air Supply, uh... Dude's covered in tattoos, complete sleeves on both arms. And I had to do a double take and I'm like, wait, air supply. I'm all out of love. I'm so lost without you. Air supply, that air supply, the softest soft rock. You shouldn't even call it rock. The softest soft music uh, ever. Uh, And and dude's got full sleeves. I mean, he looks like he should be in a hardcore metal band. Yeah, I just thought that was really surprising. Um, So thought I'd bring that up today. I also wanted to bring up uh, the fact that this past week it made the news that Bandcamp, I talked last week in the show, I actually had a a poll in the Rock the Vote poll last week where I was asking if you listen to music on Bandcamp or or SoundCloud, 
this doesn't really have anything to do with the poll, but uh, Bandcamp launched a new listening parties feature this past week. Uh, it'll be available for uh, both labels and artists to host uh, these listening parties. The brand new feature allows artists or organizers to plan an event with a live playthrough of an album, along with a live chat in which both the artist and their fans can participate. The listening party feature was created as a way to highlight new music that's still in the pre-order, pre-save stage, uh, or as a celebration on release day. The streaming events can also be used to draw attention to classic albums, fan favorites, or albums that are celebrating anniversaries. Basically, it's the, it's the Bandcamp equivalent of like chatting with fans after the gig. So that's kind of cool. Whether you uh, normally listen to music on Bandcamp or not, this might be a good reason to start doing it if you don't already. So it looks like right there on the homepage for Bandcamp, you can uh, check out these featured live events. And there's a whole list of uh, releases, album album releases, or, or these listening parties, rather, that, uh, that you can attend for free. And uh, that's very cool. So be sure to check that out. If that sounds interesting to you, it does to me. I might check it out and uh, see if I can attend a listening party sometime this week. And uh, then maybe I'll report back to you guys next week on what I thought about the whole experience. Annie Hoodle. It's time to uh, jump into this week's show. Every week, I kick things off with a quote from an artist. This week's quote comes from the late, great Frank Zappa, who once said, The most important thing in art is the frame. For painting, literally, for other arts, figuratively, because without this humble appliance, you can't know where the art stops and the real world begins. You have to put a box around it, because otherwise, what is that shit on the wall? As I briefly mentioned a minute ago, and as you probably already know, every week in the Zabagram newsletter, I run a poll called Rock the Vote, I Ask Your Opinion. Last week, I asked, do you listen to music via Bandcamp or SoundCloud? And uh, 44% of you said no. No. I just, no. 25% of you said yes, I listen to music on both. And 31% said uh, Bandcamp only. 0% said SoundCloud only. So you either, you either do or you don't. But uh, anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting. Your, your, your average Joe is not listening to music on Bandcamp or SoundCloud. You know, they're, they're on your Spotify's, your Apple Music's, your Amazon's, your Google, whatever, or YouTube music, whatever it is. But um, yeah, you got to be a pretty, uh, pretty hardcore music fan or a younger music fan, I believe, to listen to music on SoundCloud or Bandcamp. But I often do because I am friends with a lot of very talented musicians and consider myself lucky in that regard. And so often they are sending me previews to their music on either sound, sound, sound clamp, sound band crap on either SoundCloud or Bandcamp. My dear friend Leo from Breezy the Band actually just sent me a preview of one of their new songs that's coming out in a couple of weeks. And oh my God, it's so good. I can't wait to play it for you guys. But that's for another show uh, a week or two in the future. In this week's Rock the Vote poll, I'm asking, is Zappagram missing anything that you'd like to see covered? Maybe something that I, I don't cover that you're like, wow, I wish he would talk about this every week. Or uh, I try to do a, a nice, you know, uh, round coverage of, of everything out there from, from new music to, to music news, tour news, a little bit of music history towards the end of the show. But is there anything that you'd wish that I covered that I don't? Hit up the poll, tell me yes or no. And, uh, and if there is something that you would like for me to cover that I'm not covering, drop me an email, hey at chrissappa.com, and let me know. 
One of the most popular features of this Epigram podcast and newsletter is the fact that every week I do a weekly playlist. This week we're on number 70. This playlist is available on Spotify and Apple Music. This week I'm featuring music from my friend Bethany, who makes uh, music as Citrine. Uh, she did an amazing cover of the old uh, Doobie Brothers song, What a Fool Believes. Man, such a great song. One of my favorite songs of all time. And she did a beautiful cover of that song. I also have music on here from Hoax, Vision Video, uh, my friends Golden Blue, my friend Honey Crush, uh, Molly Pardon, Hosier has a new album out, which is just uh, chef's kiss. Vines has new music. Uh, also a great cover of uh, The World at Large uh, by Modest Mouse. Really, really great cover of that. Sufjan Stevens has new music. Death Cab for Cutie, Bottle Cap Mountain, Elephants and Stars, and Co-Host. All on this week's playlist, playlist number 70. Again, available on both Spotify and Apple Music. And oh, would you look at the time. It's time for this week's music news. In this week's music news, we've got new music coming from Sufjan Stevens. He has a new album called Javelin on the way. He has enlisted Bryce Desner from uh, The National. Covers a Neil Young song on this album as well. This will be his uh, first solo LP since 2020's The Ascension. The new album titled Javelin is out in October. October the 6th is the release date for that. And the first single from the album, So You Are Tired, is out right now. That is on this week's playlist. He covered the Neil Young classic There's a World from Neil Young's Harvest album. I uh, can't wait to hear that. The album is available to pre-order now ahead of its October 6th release. Once released, physical copies of the album will be accompanied by a 48-page book of art and essays, all created by Sufjan, including, uh, quote, a series of meticulous collages, cut-up catalog fantasies, puff paint, word clouds, and iterative color fields. The book also boasts 10 short essays penned by Stevens himself. Again, that comes out on October the 6th, and it's available for pre-order right now. Get ready to delve into the music of Heat Miser. The Portland band, best known as Elliot Smith's pre-solo career springboard, has announced a new rarities compilation, arrives on October the 6th via Jack White's Third Man Records, and a demo version of the track Low Life is out now. Heat Miser initially distributed the music of Heat Miser, a then six-song cassette, at local record stores and shows to promote the band before they released their 1993 debut LP, Dead Air. According to co-founding singer-guitarist Neil Gust, this longer package featuring 23 additional demos, live tracks, rare versions, and previously unreleased songs came together thanks to drummer Tony Lash. Heat Miser has long offered Smith's fans a look at a different side of the artist. While he famously issued devastatingly quiet acoustic songs in his solo career, his previous band played the kind of quick electric indie rock you'd expect from a band in 1990s Portland. Once again, that album comes out October 6th, and pre-orders are ongoing right now. Anybody out there still using Twitter? Are you, are you, are you calling it Twitter, or are you calling it X? It'll never be X. It'll always be Twitter. I feel firmly rooted in that camp. However, I have been thinking about it, and, uh, you know, the fact that Musk changed the name to X... Uh, is almost sort of appropriate because ever since he bought it, it's been kind of a dumpster fire and it's not the Twitter that we once knew. So really calling it X, you know, X, X Twitter, um, is, is almost appropriate. I anyway, Twitter has filed its first formal response to a lawsuit 
from music publishers alleging widespread copyright infringement on the platform, arguing that it cannot be held liable for the actions of its users. The filing came two months after dozens of music publishers sued Elon Musk's X, claiming its users had infringed over 1,700 different songs from writers like Taylor Swift and Beyonce, a claim that, if proven, could put the social media giant on the hook for $255 million in damages. To be fair, Musk can probably scrape $255 million out of his couch cushions, but uh, in a motion to dismiss the lawsuit filed Monday, lawyers for Twitter argued that the company itself was not on the hook for illegal posts by its users, among other things citing uh, different Supreme Court cases or rulings rather on uh, this issue. Notably, this week's filing from Twitter did delve into the thorny issue of the DMCA, Digital Millennium Copyright Act, a federal law that limits how websites like Twitter can be sued over copyright infringement by their users. A lot of a uh, lot of heavy hitters involved in this lawsuit, though, from Universal Music Publishing to Hypnosis, uh, Sony Music, you know, a lot of a lot of big names here. Warner Chapel. Um, so uh, this will be interesting to see how this plays out. I'll keep you updated as this case moves along. The original drummer of Pavement, Gary Young, has passed away this past week at the age of 70. The colorful studio owner and producer appeared on the indie band's influential debut, Slanted and Enchanted. Young left the band in uh, the early 90s, in around 92, but he did reunite with his former bandmates for a couple of shows and 2010. He went on to a series of solo projects, and this past spring, a documentary on his life titled Louder Than You Think premiered at South by Southwest. Pavement is one of those bands I just never got into. I know that they were hugely influential. I know that their fans are hardcore fans, but I just, they're, they're one of those bands that I just, I, I listen to and I just don't get it. And and I'd, I'd give it a rest, and I'd wait for a few years, and then I'd be like, let me go back and listen to it again, you know, with with older ears. Um, and I still just don't get it. What about you guys? Any any pavement fans in the house? Another loss in the world of music this past week, Jerry Moss, the longtime record executive who founded A&M Records, co-founded it with Herb Alpert, died Wednesday at his home in Bel Air, California, at the age of 88. Under Moss and Alpert, A&M put out records by Carol King, The Carpenters, The Police, Cat Stevens, Janet Jackson, Soundgarden, Herb Alpert himself, and many, many, many more. Moss and Alpert were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame back in 2006. Early acts on the A&M label included uh, Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass, Burt Bacharach, Sergio Mendez, The Carpenters. Uh, and after the Monterey Pop Festival in 1967, they began to sign rock acts like Joe Cocker, Procol Harum, and the Flying Burrito Brothers. One of their most successful records was the double live album Frampton Comes Alive, which sold more than 6 million copies. Uh, early hits would fund a move from Herb Alpert's garage to the Charlie Chaplin Studios uh, on North La Brea Avenue in Hollywood, where the label was headquartered from 1966 to 1999. Before selling the label to Polygram for half a billion dollars in 1989, they added country, R&B, and British New Wave artists to the label. So uh, anyway, this guy was a, a big deal in the world of music for uh, the last 40, 50 years or so. And uh, yeah, sadly, he's passed away at the age of 88. 
Every week in the show, there's always some tour news. This week, there's some book tour news. Wilco's Jeff Tweedy has announced a book tour for World Within a Song. The book, subtitled Music That Changed My Life and Life That Changed My Music, documents Tweedy's reflections on all sorts of things, uh, his career, as well as many of his influences like The Replacements, Joni Mitchell, Billie Eilish. On select dates on this book tour, the Wilco frontman will invite guests, uh, including Nick Offerman. Uh, journalist uh, Amanda Petrusich, one of my favorite writers, Writers working today, probably my favorite writer working today, as as well as a number of others. Uh, the tour kicks off in Chicago on November 5th, ahead of the book's release on November 7th. Also in book tour news, Nick Cave has announced a fall U.S. book tour in support of the paperback release of his memoir, Faith, Hope, and Carnage. That book is out in paperback September 19th. Cave will be joined by his co-author Sean O'Hagan for a series of in-store signings and conversations about the memoir, which focuses on the artist's life following the death of his 15-year-old son Arthur in 2015. The events will take place in New York City, Chicago, West Hollywood, Nashville, D.C., Milwaukee. Uh, there's, a, there's a whole host of dates here, probably a good 25 or so. You can hit up the link in the newsletter and find out if Nick Cave's book tour is coming anywhere near you. Fans of the Illinois shoegaze group Hum will be pleased to know that they are reissuing four of their albums on vinyl. 1993's Electra 2000. 1995's You'd Prefer an Astronaut, 1998's Downward is Heavenward, and 2020's Inlet. The reissues are out December 8th via the band's label Earth Analog with distribution through Polyvinyl. In further reissuing news, Green Day is reissuing Dookie ahead of its 30th anniversary. The new edition out September 29th includes the original album, Demos, outtakes, and live recordings. The live tracks come from the band's Woodstock 94 set, and a show in Barcelona from that same year, June of 94. Green Day released Dookie on Tuesday, February 1st, 1994 via Reprise Records, the band's major label debut. It reached number two on the Billboard 200 and included the hit singles Basket Case and When I Come Around, uh, one of my favorite Green Day songs from way back in the day. Earlier this year, they reissued Nimrod for its 25th anniversary, and the group most recently released a new studio album, Father of All, in 2020. So keep an eye out for that 30th anniversary edition of Dookie coming out September 29th. Joni Mitchell is continuing her series of archival releases with Archives Volume 3, The Asylum Years, 1972-1975. That is out October the 6th via Rhino Records. The collection features early demos and alternate versions of tracks from the sessions for 1972's For the Roses, 1974's Court and Spark, and 1975's The Hissing of Summer Lawns. Several live recordings, including a 1972 performance at Carnegie Hall, tracks from sessions with James Taylor, Graham Nash, and Neil Young are on this thing. Uh, you can check out an early demo of Court and Spark's Help Me on Apple Music right now. Of course, famously, uh, Joni had pulled her music from Spotify along with Neil Young uh, a while back over the whole uh, Joe Rogan being an idiot controversy. But yeah, there's going to be like 80-something tracks, I believe, on, on this thing. It's massive, so uh, be sure to keep an eye out for that to drop October 6th. Lastly, this week in music news, Ministry has announced their 16th studio album, Hopium for the Masses, due out March the 1st of 2024. That's a, that's a little ways off. In advance of the LP, the industrial legends have offered up the video for the lead single, Goddamn White Trash. <laughs> 
I love them, uh, which features Pepper Keenan of Corrosion of Conformity. Al Jorgensen and company tapped a few of his uh, uh, musical comrades to guest on the album, including the Dead Kennedys' Jello Biafra, Gogol Bordello's Eugene Hutz, and uh, Pepper Keenan of, of Corrosion. So this ought to be a, a great album. Um, I love everything Ministry does. Uh, according to things that Jorgensen has said in recent interviews, this is probably going to be one of their last albums, if not their last album. You can pre-order the album out now and look for it to come out early next year. Thus concludes our music news segment, and now we've got some more stuff to do, but first we're going to have a brief musical interlude. Woo! <laughs> In Z-Rex Zappa's recommendations this week, once again this week, I'm still asking everyone to consider donating to those so tragically affected by the Maui wildfires. Uh, You can donate via the Hawaii Community Foundation, Maui United Way, or the Maui Food Bank. Also in Z-Rex this week, I'm linking to an article on Consequence of Sound. Researchers reconstruct classic Pink Floyd song using brain activity. Scientists at UC Berkeley were able to reconstruct Another Brick in the Wall Part 1 using decoded brain activity. It's pretty fascinating stuff. It's the latest breakthrough in a scientific quest to discover the effects of music on the brain, but the, the whole piece is really interesting, so be sure to go check that out. This week's new releases, or should I say last week's new releases, because they came out on Friday, this is Monday, so these are brand new, they just came out. Aerosmith just dropped a new Greatest Hits album, Cautious Clay has a new album, Grace Potter, Gregory Allen Isakov, Hosier, John Batiste, and Sonic Youth, live in Brooklyn 2011. All of those came out this past week, and out of all of those, I am most excited for the Hosier album, Unreal Unearth. It's unreal. It's so good. It's his first album. Uh, I I thought his his last two albums were incredible. And uh, this one is just, he keeps setting the bar higher and higher. And on the release radar next week, we've got new music coming from Cindy Wilson of the B-52's Granddaddy, His Golden Messenger, and Husker Du. On September 1st, new albums from Pretenders, Slow Dive, and Speedy Ortiz. All of those are coming up soon. I will listen to them. I'll let you know what's worth your time because that's what I do. I help. I help out. I'm a helper. I like to help. This brings us to our final segment on this date, musical happenings of historical significance, or you might say historical happenings of musical significance. Either way, it works. Today, August 21st, we celebrate the birthdays of Count Basie, Joe Strummer. Ramon's guitarist Johnny Ramon had a four-hour brain surgery operation after being found unconscious in a New York street where he'd been involved in a fight. That happened today, August 21st in 1983. This same day in 2021, Don Everly, the surviving member of the Everly Brothers, died at the age of 84. Tomorrow, August the 22nd, we celebrate a lot of birthdays. On that day, John Lee Hooker, Vernon Reed of Living Color, Roland Orzabal of Tears for Fears, Tori Amos, and Lane Staley all celebrate birthdays August the 22nd. That same day in 2004, Al Dvoran, the announcer who popularized the phrase Elvis has left the building, died in a car crash on his way home from an Elvis Presley convention in California. Weird, huh? There's also a lot of birthdays to celebrate on August the 23rd. Keith Moon 
of The Who, Rick Springfield, Dean DeLeo of uh, Stone Temple Pilots. And uh, on that same day, uh, Julian Casablancas of The Strokes was born, 1978. Also on August 23rd, on 1970, the Velvet Underground performed together for the last time at Max's Kansas City in New York City. Three interesting things happened on August the 24th. In the past, in 1966, on that day, The Doors started recording their first album at Sunset Sound Recording Studios in Los Angeles. That same day in 1967, a year later, 17-year-old Bruce Springsteen joined a group called Earth. They didn't make it uh, too long, but he's still doing pretty good, I think. August 24th of 2021, Rolling Stones drummer Charlie Watts died at a London hospital at the age of 80 years old. Whole lot of birthdays going on on August 25th. Leonard Bernstein was born on that day. Wayne Shorter, Gene Simmons, Rob Halford of Judas Priest, Elvis Costello, and uh, Jeff Tweedy. Jeff Tweedy of Jeff Tweedy, Jeff Tweedy of Tweedy, Jeff Tweedy of Wilco. That Jeff Tweedy, the one that's going on the book tour. I talked about it earlier. That same day in 1965, two female Beatles fans hired a helicopter to fly over the house the Beatles were renting in Beverly Hills, California, and jumped from the helicopter into the swimming pool. Uh, That same day in 1975, Bruce Springsteen released Born to Run. August 26th, birthdays include Leon Redbone and Shirley Manson of Garbage. Also on that day in 2000, Alan Woody... Not Woody Allen, but Alan Woody, former bass player with the Allman Brothers Band and co-founder of the band Government Mule, was found dead in New York, aged 44 years old. Lastly, finally, August 27th, the birthday of Alex Lifeson of Rush, uh, Tony Canal of No Doubt, Sarah Newfield of uh, Arcade Fire. On August 27, 1967, British music entrepreneur and the manager of the Beatles, Brian Epstein, was found dead locked in a bedroom at his London home. A coroner's inquest concluded that Epstein died from a sleeping pill overdose. And speaking for myself, the the saddest thing in music history that happened on August the 27th happened on that day in 1990 when the amazing, incomparable Stevie Ray Vaughan was killed when the helicopter he was flying in hit a man-made ski slope while trying to navigate through dense fog after playing a concert at Alpine Valley Music Theater in East Troy, Wisconsin. I used to play guitar, and Stevie Ray was my idol. Um, I wanted to play just like him. I learned every song, every lick in every song he ever recorded. I collected, you know, bootleg recordings of him. I had bootleg uh, videos. This was on VHS, like way back in the day before the internet. Um, I made like pilgrimages to go to Austin, Texas and hit all the places where he played. I met his former band members. Uh, and then I went finally to go visit his grave uh, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area where he was from. Um, yeah, just a huge, huge influence on my life. Uh, love him very much. And uh, rest in peace, Stevie Ray. Folks, that brings us to the close of the show. Another episode in the can. Thanks for coming back again this week. Thanks for sticking around until the end, especially. Uh, Listen, be sure to check out my playlist, the Zappagram playlist. This is uh, number 70 that we're on, so that's for this week. As well, there's a master playlist of all the songs I've ever had uh, for 70 weeks on the playlist. So that's a whole lot of music. And uh, that's all there for your listening pleasure. Be sure to also uh, donate to the Hawaii Community Foundation, Maui United Way, or the Maui Food Bank to help out the good people in Maui affected by the wildfires. 
be sure to hit up the Rock the Vote poll in the newsletter this week. And listen, you know, until we meet again next week, you guys, uh, be good out there, be safe, and take care of one another. I've been your host, Chris Appa. And until next week, I'm out of here.